Hello everybody, welcome to the Wicked Side, this is Brenna. Hey everybody, it's Tom. And we just wanted to let you know this is a dark history podcast, so we are issuing a trigger warning. Sometimes we talk about things that are a little lo- little dark, a little distressing, a little depressing. Yeah, we, we may ruin your day like she ruins mine. Yep, <laughs> you guys have a good one. See you on the other side. Hey everybody, welcome to the Wicked Side, this is Brenna. Hey everybody, it's Tom. Yep, and we're back for another episode today, and um, a little, we, I went a little lighthearted for you, so. Oh, I appreciate it. I'm drinking yeah. on this cup of coffee, really <laughs> trying to catch a vibe here, so that'd be helpful. Yeah, yeah. Now, I'm aiming to not ruin your day today, so. <laughs> oh, blissful reprieve. <laughs> Well, that's the thing. You gotta lure them in and give them a little ah, hope, but man. then you gotta strip it away again. <laughs> You're starting to sound like the abusive husband here. Like, oh, you gonna call me pretty next? <laughs> no, but it has to be backhanded. So, like, <laughs> oh, you backhand? You backhand? All right. I'm gonna wear sunglasses tomorrow. Oh, you're so abused. <laughs> it was a door, Tom. It was a door. No, it was the concrete when you threw me into it, <laughs> which isn't a joke, folks. Yeah, okay, we were kids, first off. <laughs> she also threw me into a fence under which I impaled my hand. Uh-huh. She doesn't really like to admit to that one. Apparently, uh- I didn't have to grab the fence post, but, like... I like got thrown at it like a clothesline, and okay. I, I grabbed no, it. No, 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 no. I was gonna return fire and come back on it. I was gonna use the wire didn't go into your hand until you swung around to come back at me, and then it yeah, went yeah. into your hands. So no, no, you could have just grabbed it right no, at no. yourself and been fine. It wasn't even that. It was that when I did come around, I slipped and went down. Yeah, and that's what grabbed my hand, and yeah, it shoved like a three-inch spike of rusty metal into my hand. It was cool. Mm-hmm. They cut me off of the fence. Yeah, they the fire department out. Get you we out. almost got hit by a drunk driver that we knew yeah. on the way to the hospital that is in the, the most, ambulance. That is the most Indiana sentence that has ever been uttered. <laughs> we knew the guy. Yeah. Yep. God bless him, but we knew the dude. Well, I, think- I recognize this truck. From the, like, seat in the ambulance, like, wait, what? Is this dude driving down the wrong side of the road? Oakland. I, I still remember exactly where it happened. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the other thing that I think is funny is, I think it's one of Don's favorite parts of the whole story to tell is when you were at the hospital and there was a girl a couple beds over and you waved to her because you forgot you had the piece of metal yeah. in your I'm still flirting, yo. Yeah. Hey, chances. She waved this girl with this piece of metal in your hand and, like, blood pouring down your There was no... I swear there was, like, no blood. There was next day... So what it it was is when they had... Or when I first got there, the very first thing they did was just take gauze and iodine. Mm -hmm. Because there was... It was a straight puncture wound just... All the way into my uh-huh. hand. It went underneath the skin, between the muscle and skin, all the way up to almost my pinky from starting at my thumb. So across my hand and up. Yeah. And they just took gauze and iodine and wrapped the base of it. Mm-hmm. And we're like, we got to do x-rays and shit. That'll be good enough for now. Yeah. <laughs> they had to make sure it wasn't like fish hooked on anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and by the way, when they found out it wasn't fish hooked on anything, mm-hmm. they did the most doctor shit you could imagine. Mm-hmm. 
They walk into the room. I'm on this like examination table or whatever. It's just curtains. It's a, you know, triage table or whatever. We can get this over with quick. Mm-hmm. And it was like four male nurses and a doctor. Mm-hmm. And then dad and, and Mark. Mm-hmm. And the doctor drops a toolbox. And all of a sudden I'm surrounded. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh shit. <laughs> God, I wasn't nervous before. I fucking am now. <laughs> I get four pointed and they grab a pair of pliers and go, it's not caught on anything. We're going to take it out now. Oh, God. <laughs> I look at dad and, I, and dad goes, hold him. <laughs> I swear to God, I lifted up the two male nurses on my left arm. Oh, I believe it. Dad, Dad had my right. It wasn't going anywhere. Yeah. I lifted up the two dudes <laughs> on my left. It may have been one. I'll say, we'll say it was one. <laughs> <laughs> Modesty. Um, oh, God. But I know I lifted up the, the, the one on my left. I was going over there. <laughs> yep. Oh, but they did. They Ooh. pulled it out with a pair of pliers and one swift yank. Mm-hmm. I do remember when you were little, like... They had to hold you down for shots, too, because you hated shots. Yeah, but then they learned you could so just call scared. mom. You could just call Dawn. And, yes. And, and, <laughs> just call your stepmom. Yeah, just just call my mom, and <laughs> she'll she'll make me do it over the phone. It's cool. Yep. <laughs> you know, I, I shed that quickly, but boy, I was a fighter. I remember mm-hmm. making this one nurse work for, like, three times on a strep throat shot. It was fucking crazy. I made her hit the wall once, like, ah, ooh, I was too quick. (laughs) And those were the ones where you got them in, like, the high ass cheek. Yeah. And I, oh, boy, I was quick, bro. She'd go to do that stick, and I'd just feel it like the Jedi Force, and just, ha, out of the way. This is is why I think at some point our karma switched somehow, because, like, (laughs) I sat pretty well for all of that. Oh, yeah. But my kid... She does not. Oh, yeah? Oh, no. This is a giant fuck you. Like, oh. it, now she's better about it because it, she, if she knows she's getting any kind of shot or anything, she goes, you're going to get me McDonald's after this, right? Yes! <laughs> and she's like, all right, I will sit still if you get me McDonald's. Yeah, pay like, me. She's figured a system. So mm-hmm. I'm like, you know what? If it makes our life easier, fine. <laughs> yeah, uh, look, dude, uh, in some cases as a parent, I am not above bribery. Nope, not at all. <laughs> Not at all. So, <laughs> anyway, so we got an interesting story for you today. Um, huh, why well, we had some interesting stories up till now? What are you talking? Yes. <laughs> all right, on the topic. Uh, up. So, um, <laughs> we're going back to World War Two today, and today I'm actually making you a Polish war hero. Okay, sweet. Yeah. I mean, you know, being Polish, there come a few jokes. Yes. I would hate to be insensitive. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to have fun. We'll just say that, okay? All right, fair enough. So, it's April 8th of 1942 in Hamadan, Iran. A group of Polish soldiers are the 22nd Transport Company's Artillery Division. Wait, did you do this because you're going to have an awful time trying to pronounce all of these names? Um... I, I looked up a lot of the pronunciations. I'm going to try really hard. Oh, but goody. We'll this, is, this is going to be a great episode. I deliberately folks. left out a lot of names. So, so all so. of the horror and like butchery is going to happen when she goes to pronounce the names instead of in the stories. I will talk about my language <laughs> dick again. Don't make me. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, my God. Anyway, um, you've just been rescued, for, or these men have just been rescued from my Siberian gulag. Okay. And are sitting near a rail station after the Allies have negotiated their release. 
They are with thousands of Polish refugees who have been displaced during the 1939 Soviet invasion of eastern Poland. Traveling mostly by foot, many refugees die in the harsh climate. They are all gathered together in this one camp while awaiting their next move. These soldiers specifically are awaiting transportation to Alexandria, Egypt, and from there they'll be sent to Italy to fight in the Battle of Monte Cassino. If that battle sounds familiar, especially in the context of me talking about it, then you've listened to our Christopher Lee episode. The soldiers are weary, and their hearts are heavy. Many are unsure of what has become of their homes or their families. But you're not one of these men. No? Nope. Despite having been battered by the seas of fate and chaos, and through a strange twist, these men will actually become your family. While gathered around a campfire, the group notice an Iranian boy who looks thin. They invite him to join them for food and warmth. But you're not the boy either. In fact, the boy is carrying a sack he has around his neck, and you are inside of that. Oh, shit. Yeah. The boy rescued you after he found you alone in a cave after your mother had been shot. The soldiers only notice you after you begin wiggling and poke your head out of the bag. Oh. An 18-year-old civilian refugee named Irina... Mm, Here we go. (laughs) Ooh, the first of many murders. (laughs) Bokowitz, I think. Okay, all right. Who, in an interesting twist, was actually the great-niece of a pretty prominent Polish general whose name I could not pronounce, so I deliberately left it out. <laughs> so, I mean, seems an a interesting side. to me. No, I am, I am okay with that. I am oh. 100% okay with my cowardice. Oh, it, it always makes the dark stuff so much easier. Like, it's the levity for me. <laughs> oh. Well, then you're going to like this next part. So. Oh, yeah. She convinces Lieutenant hmm, Anadol Tarnowicki. Well, <laughs> let me get this clear. Hold on. Hold on. So, mm-hmm. I am in some dude's sack. A Polish guy's sack. Iranian boy. Iranian boy's sack. Mm-hmm. Weird. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like that combination of words. <laughs> Not a fan. Anywho. So, I'm a baby? I'm saying? You're fine. Okay. I'm just like... Unless I'm just a head in a sack. <laughs> no arms, no legs or whatever. Like, I'm basically a backpack with a head. <laughs> you're, you're more than that. I, I assure you. All right, fair enough. Here we go. That is one strong Iranian boy or something. If I'm grown, that kid, get that kid in the Olympics. Mm-hmm. Anyway, she convinces this lieutenant to purchase you from the boy, which he does. He purchases you for a couple candy bars, a swift army knife, and food. Oh. He and his men... Didn't need much prompting, though. They find themselves very concerned with your fate, worried you might potentially end up sold and mistreated. You are very small and very weak and have a hard time eating on your own. Everyone in the camp bands together, though, and they manage to feed you condensed milk from a vodka bottle. Nice. Yeah. That is ingenuity right there. (laughs) Eventually, a 46-year-old sergeant named Peter Prendis is charged with your care. He's so protective he gets the nickname Mama Bear from the other troops. You sleep with him in his tent at night, and during the cold days, he actually puts you into his coat and buttons it around you both. Under his care, you begin to gain weight, and you get stronger and stronger. You eventually are able to eat fruit and take to hanging around the kitchen area where the staff would feed you bits of this and that as they worked. Yeah, that's (laughs) definitely where I'd be. Also, importantly, you bring everyone joy. 
Your adorable and curious nature makes people smile and laugh. Oh, me and this kid have a lot in common. Let's go. <laughs> and even as you continue to grow and get bigger and stronger, your sweet and mischievous nature charms everyone around you. Ah, see? You, you wrote this for me. <laughs> <laughs> the soldiers don't do a great job of hiding you from their superiors, however. One day you ran from a tent after being spooked by some birds that were circling overhead. As you flee, you run smack into the legs of another sergeant during the morning inspection. However, he's so charmed by you that he looks the other way. Mm -hmm. You are even discovered by a major at one point. He comes to like you so much that he lets you sleep in his tent from time to time in a wash basin. He <laughs> recognizes how good you are for the men's morale and acknowledges your importance to the group. You're taught many things by your military family, including how to wrestle and salute. When the men practice throwing grenades, they use oranges to act as a substitute for the explosive. And you chase after the oranges just so you can go eat them. Yeah. <laughs> it's a snack. Mm -hmm. I think these soldiers have the are slightly confused between a kid and a dog. They're like, man, what do we do with it? This is what happens when you let a bunch of single dudes try to raise a kid. They end up playing fetch with it. Like, <laughs> just wait, just wait. Right. <laughs> However, you also develop some bad habits. You really enjoy beer and wine. Finishing off the bottles and then staring at the empty ones with sad eyes until eventually one of the men caves in and gives you another. <laughs> All right. <laughs> you also enjoy cigarettes. Eating cigarettes, actually. I'm a, I'm a fucking dog. <laughs> Yes, so I am pretty much this thing. Yeah. You especially like to eat cigarettes that have been lit, and you'll spit out cigarettes that haven't been lit yet. <laughs> you also love to have morning coffee with the men. You are, you almost never say no to anything that's sweet and sugary. Eventually, you grow to be 250 pounds and very strong. Jesus. The men love using you to scare new recruits. You learn to pick them up by their ankles and hold them upside down what for everybody's amusement. Fuck. Eventually, the army reaches Palestine. Once the camp is set up, you are assigned a large wooden crate to sleep in, and you like to roam around the camp during the day, but you don't really like the heat. So, you find your way to the showers, you figure out how to turn them all on to cool off. Occasionally, this leads to water shortages for the men. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I'm a, I'm a gorilla. <laughs> Just wait. <laughs> However... This bad habit ends up with an unexpected benefit. You see, while you wander into the showers one day after finding it unlocked, because the men started locking it to keep you out. Yes. <laughs> you find an Arabian spy hiding in there. Oh, shit. He begins to scream when he sees you, which alerts the Polish soldiers that someone is there. They find him, and he's so scared of you, he gives up all the details of a raid that was near was being planned nearby. Uh-huh. Yeah, for accidentally saving your family, you're rewarded with lots of Sweden meat, booze, and cigarettes, and allowed to take an extended shower. <laughs> In short, your version of heaven. So, you have any guesses? Other? I'm I'm, a, I'm like a chimp or something. <laughs> no, not quite. Okay. All right, we'll get to that. I'm a kangaroo. <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> By 1944, your unit is in a port in Egypt en route to Naples. They have a problem. You're not officially with the military, so transporting you is a bit of an issue since your kind technically aren't allowed to accompany units into battle or onto ships. So, when a British soldier named Archibald Brown is doing roll call and he gets to your name, you don't answer. 
He calls for Private Wojtek Persky a few times before the men explain that you only understand Polish and Persian. Mm -hmm. Brown can tell something is amiss. Eventually, he comes face to face with you, packed happily in your cage, which is the least surprising part for him. You see, you were six feet tall, 450-pound Siberian brown bear. Okay, that was my next <laughs> guess. Holy shit, Could you imagine it standing up and saluting you? Like, holy shit! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or whatever it sounds like in Polish. <laughs> holy <Right>. shitsky. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, so I, I tried to keep that as long as I could. From oh, that's so fucked. That is... <laughs> awesome <laughs> but to tell everything else you kind of need to know that so we have to do the reveal <laughs> i just like the fact that it like to get drunk and play in the showers oh yeah like, yeah let's go <laughs> yep and um there's so many great stories like uh, documentary after documentary there's a book that somebody has written about it and we're going to go into that i didn't get the book um but yeah, a lot of interesting side notes. So we'll get into everything. Mm -hmm. um, your family has managed to get you a serial number, a rank, and a pay book. Nice. Your pay, however, is in food, not money. You get double rations when you aren't breaking into the storage looking for <laughs> honey and marmalade. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Winnie the Pooh is specific <laughs> targets. Yeah. You did break into the storehouse once during a Christmas party after you got a bit drunk. The soldiers had to clean up the mess in the morning since, after all, they did give you the booze in the first place. Jackasses. <laughs> giving a giant bag of booze. <laughs> Could you imagine getting peer pressured by a fucking brown bear into giving you booze? Like, you're sitting there taking shots with your buddies and this thing comes over like, <laughs> Oh, shit. <laughs> Oh, boo-boo. No, boo-boo. But if you remember, too, like, they would give him beer and stuff like that. He would drink it down, and then he would sit and he would stare at the bottle. Like, just big, sad eyes until somebody would give him another one. <laughs> he liked his booze. I mean, I don't hate him. I'll raise no. one to the bear. Oh, man. That's great. <laughs> another great story is that once you were in Italy... You saw the sea, and remember you like water. You jump out of a moving vehicle to dash toward the water. This is not only a shock for your fellow soldiers, but for all the civilians who are attempting to relax on the beach. <laughs> <laughs> and if all the soldiers start chasing him, it looks like there's an invasion happening. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Unsurprisingly, the reassurances from the soldiers don't really help calm people down that much. <laughs> yeah, I can't imagine. Like, no, no, guys, he's super well trained. He's yeah. just running away from us, not listening. <laughs> <laughs> he's one of us. He's one of us. Oh, shit. <laughs> the super soldier program gone wrong. Right. <laughs> oh. But, in fact, and oddly interesting to me anyway, you are not the only Polish army war bear. An, an infantry battalion had been given a bear named Michał by the Shan of Iran as a gift. Unfortunately, Michał does not have your charm. He's very grumpy. He's Oops. so grumpy, in fact, when he sees you, he turns violent after the two parties introduce you to each other thinking you might be buddies. 
That's no. big Nagatori there, Ghost <laughs> yeah. Rider. Big one. Big one. A fight broke out, and you and Mihao attempt to rip each other's throats out. The men were helpless to stop it. After all, who wants to get in the middle of a bear brawl? Yeah. <laughs> you stop it. No, you stop it. Yeah. Like, what are you going to do? <laughs> One yeah. swipe. One swipe. Eventually, you win, pinning Mihao to the ground and almost snapping his neck. Ooh. Yeah. The infantry tried to I didn't to get... start this fight, but I finished it, bitch. Exactly. <laughs> the infantry then tried to give the 22nd Artillery Unit Mihao. But they weren't sure how well that would go, since clearly the two bears didn't get along. Yeah, no shit. Yeah. Eventually, they made arrangements, however, for Mihao to recover and stay in, in the Tel Aviv Zoo. Apparently, for some bizarre reason, this prompted the zoo to then gift the 22nd with a small monkey. <laughs> I mean, look, dude, if you're going to talk about, like, oh, he kind of went ape shit, that, like, <laughs> you can stop that, like... The little dude went after somebody. Hey, I scooped him up and he, like, fought like a child for a second. And he's fine. I gave him a little banana. He was dope. <laughs> it had to be much easier to transport and work with than a fucking bear. <laughs> you, I mean, the fact that they got it paid. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Rank yeah. the whole bit. All thing. He had his own paybook and everything. I, that's just a testament <laughs> to human, you know, willpower. Yep. Also interesting is that you would watch the men unload boxes from the truck and eventually would start doing this yourself. However, a soldier recalls that most of the time you were actually pretty freaking lazy about it and would only try to carry the empty ones. Hey. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's like, you know how long I've been at this? And like in bear years? He's, this is forever, man. Exactly. <laughs> I, I should be running this place. I shouldn't be carrying your stuff. <laughs> but during the Battle of Monte Cassino... You changed your tune, and you helped carry heavy boxes back and forth during the battle. Following the rest of the men, you would stand on two legs while they loaded boxes into your arms, and you would carry them to wherever the men were already taking them. Some of these crates were 100-pound boxes of 25-pound shells. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And normally would require four men. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Pulling your weight out here today. Mm-hmm. The Allies eventually won the battle because, of course, they did. They had Christopher Lee and a war bear. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> that is a mythical combination if I've ever really heard. Is. <laughs> I always get this, like, image in my mind, too. Of, Christopher like, Lee riding the war bear. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> or, like, fighting along beside oh, it. Like, he's, yeah. like... <laughs> and, and then doing his, like, practicing his metal he's going to eventually sing yes. as he's charging into battle. <laughs> or, even better, like, reading some... Macbethian, you know, poetry yes. or something. Some battle some poetry. Epic, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. And I strike <laughs> forth upon the eagle. One quote that you would that would have made sense um, in an in earlier in the episode, but also would have given everything away, uh, comes from a Times article that says this about your cigarette habit. He would accept lit cigarettes, take a puff, and then swallow them. Dimitri, mm, here we go, Swalugo, and I apologize if that's right, one of the soldiers. <laughs> oh, another one bites the dust. <laughs> who took care of the bear rope. He loved to drink from a beer bottle, and then when it was empty, he would look through the opening to see where the rest of the beer was. <laughs> I mean, that's some pretty witty the poo shit. Yeah. <laughs> another soldier by the name of Na- Narabeski said the BBC article, in a BBC article, 
He was like a child, like a small dog. He was given milk from a bottle like a baby. So therefore he felt like these soldiers are nearly his parents and therefore he trusted in us and was very friendly. <laughs> um, the soldier was 17 at the time and developed a three-year friendship with you. So, Aww. yeah. After the war, you traveled with some Polish soldiers to Scotland to a village called Hutton in Berkshire. They were afraid that if you were sent back to Poland, the new Soviet-led government would use you as propaganda and a prop, and they didn't want that for you. Hey, look, respect to those soldiers. Yeah. You were very popular at the Scottish camp. Young men would come and playfully wrestle you. And reading about this, like, literally, like, four dudes would, like, charge at him, and he would just playfully bat them aside, just gentle, and, like, he was never... I mean, leave it It was just play. It was just like, oh, look, a human-sized ball. Boop. (laughs) Leave it to our Scottish brethren, by the way. Oh, yeah. Uh, Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Shouts out to further up my bloodlines. Yeah. (laughs) You also like to kick around a soccer ball with the locals. You would even be invited to parties and birthday parties where you would be spoiled with sweets and alcohol. And the local children absolutely adored you. Of course they did. <laughs> it's a bear. Yeah. So there is a whole book about Wojtek, um, written by a woman named Eileen Orr. And she actually grew up in the, ha- in the farmhouse that this camp was on. And to this day, I guess, she grew up, she... Um, Wojtek had long since passed by the time she was born, but mm. she grew up with his claw marks all over the trees and the surrounding area. Lol. Yeah. So, and then all the stories from the villagers and everything like that, they would t- they were constantly telling stories about the bear. Oh, I'm sure it's got to so, be local lore. Still, I mean, I bet you it's still local lore. Oh, yeah. Yep. Um, eventually, of course, the troops had to leave, but you were sent to the Ed- Ed- Edinburgh Zoo. Where you lived out the remainder of your life. Polish soldiers would come, would make the journey just to see you. Mm. Some of them from your old unit. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it was said you would recognize them. They would often throw you cigarettes. Hey. <laughs> are they giving you any smokes in your mouth? <laughs> <laughs> we got you. <laughs> yeah. Tommy. In 1936, you die at approximately the age of 21 or 22. At nearly 100... Eleven hundred pounds. Oh yeah. yeah, you die from complications from your esophagus, possibly because you had a habit of eating lit cigarettes. I mean oh. that, or the boozing, or the you know. <laughs> yeah, he was a hard life having bear right there. Yeah, that guy was. Exactly. He's a war hero. What do you expect? Yep, you are fondly and lovingly remembered by the men of the twenty second. One said, "In times of great suffering." Not just our terrible experiences in the USSR, but also the fear and the horrors of what was happening to our families back in Poland. Would, where did they live? Would we see them again? Wojtek the Bear provided us with joy, comfort, and boosted our morale. Why? I don't know. Sorry. Oh. I always get choked up. <laughs> uh. Why? I don't know. But he was real. He really helped us. Yeah. That's... <laughs> And you know what? It I for the for the leadership and the as a guy who was there, who's been who's been <laughs> in those situations, like for the for for the leadership of those men to recognize what that was for their morale, yes, and to understand that 
you know, you gotta, you, you trust your men. You, you, you know, you gotta, mm-hmm. you gotta read that situation. And they read it correctly and they performed admirably, both from the leadership level to the, you know, the men. Like, that's great. And like to me, that's a that's. I I've been a part of a unit, you know, and mm-hmm. it's one of those things like, it's cool, for, like I, I it's cool to have a dog, yeah, or to, to or you know what I mean, like it's cool to have like, a pet, bug or or rat <laughs> or that you found, like you know yeah. those things are cool, but I I can't imagine having a bear that like. Mm-hmm. Drank and smoked. <laughs> <laughs> Got into shit. So, yeah. yeah, like, oh yeah. man, that made everything so much more interesting. Right. At that time is the story of the Polish war bear named Wojtek, which translates to smiling warrior. To this day, his memory brings people joy, hope, and a sense of family and camaraderie at a time when we need them the most. Yep. Yeah. So, I told you something a little more lighthearted. <laughs> oh, that was great. Yeah, like I said, the, the only horror was in your pronunciation. It was fantastic. Fuck you. Fuck you. <laughs> I mean, at least that's how we keep it on the wicked side, though. Like, right? Yeah, we can guarantee two things. We'll, we will try to be as entertaining as we can, and I will butcher everything that I come across. It is not my native language. <laughs> Oh, I've, I've heard you fuck up our stuff, too. It's fine. Yeah, so is everybody else if they've listened. So. I, it's, it's really Editing. indiscriminate for you. When I edit it's it what out. makes it that much more admirable, though, because it's wholly indiscriminate. Yeah. I'd be fair. At least there's that, I guess. But <laughs> editing, and then I'll, I'll hear that I, I mispronounced something or I said it wrong, and I'm like, I speak that language. What the fuck? <laughs> oh, look, dude, I gave up on that fight a long time ago. I got an A in Japanese and an mm. F in English. That's... <laughs> I, I mean, my Japanese ain't great. It's non-existent. So yeah, I don't, I don't know how all that happened, but apparently I did the homework. <laughs> oh god, I, I just, I love the story so much, and I figured in oh. context of everything that's going on today, it was. Oh, and I love war stories. So. I love war stories. Yeah. Like stuff that's that all is you know a very uh, like I said that's a subject that I watch. Yeah. my videos on and listen to podcasts on. And... Yeah. Well, and then I, I don't remember if I had the script. I meant to, but he has statues, like, dedicated to him. Oh, I'm sure. Like, all over. Like, Scotland, London, Italy, and Poland all have statues of Wojtek. So, Dang. Yeah. He left his impression. He the, did. The dude, uh... And the 22nd um, Artillery's uh, emblem became a bear carrying a shell. Oh, of course it did. Yeah. And it should be that to the end of time. I agree. I agree. Really? <laughs> like I said, I don't know if it is if it is still, but it was made that, and it, yeah, it's really cool. You want to see pictures of him? Yeah. <laughs> see, and that's, I'm also, that makes me happy about humanity, too, is, like, pictures, like, you can see, you know, the, yeah. the picture that's worth a thousand words. Like, that's friggin' ridiculous. Not adorable. That is ridiculous. Yeah, you have to go see these pictures. Like, you can look it up, Wojtek uh, the Bear, and it'll it'll pull up. And he is... Oh, that's ridiculous. Oh. So adorable. Oh, hi, Mom. You're calling. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Brenda just screened your call. Uh-huh, sorry, Mom. <laughs> but, yeah. Oh, wow. Dude, look at this. He's like... Mm-hmm. He's like hugging on his one dude. I'm sure that's not hugging. He's probably wrestling. Like, he's, part, yeah, he's, he's probably pawing him down for smokes. 
Oh man, he is enormous. <laughs> yes, it is and oh, it's like yeah, you can see the like. Mm-hmm. Oh wow, oh biggin over here. Yeah, that was one of the um, men. But that's awesome. Yeah, that's so crazy too. I could could you imagine? Could you like? I can understand now why that one spy just just pooed himself. <laughs> look! 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 Ah, no problem, Mom. We love you. <laughs> if you're, you're doing the podcast tonight. <laughs> if you're listening to this, you'll hear your explanation. Yeah. Oh, but yeah, I had to show you those pictures, though, because I thought they were just very sweet. So. Oh, those are so awesome. Yep. I, I, uh, that's so cool. <laughs> Look, I, you say, oh, I want a pet bear. And then... You get the one from the other unit that was a little bit more hostile, and one day it's just kind of mad at you, and then it mm-hmm. does that, like, batting back and forth thing that it was doing with the wrestling dudes in Scotland, yeah. except it's using the claw end of its hand instead of the backside, <laughs> and it just takes one good swipe and cuts you into as many pieces as it has claws. Yeah. Funk. <laughs> I just love the shower story, too. Like, it, it got so bad with him that they, like, they literally had to lock the showers to keep him out. <laughs> Because he would just wander in there and use up all their fucking water. Yeah, yeah, no, no. So, you could be hot with the rest of us, asshole. Yeah, exactly. Like, dig a hole. But to be fair, he had a fur coat he couldn't take off, so. <laughs> and, and I'm telling you, you got to be problem solvers. You got to dig him a hole in the shade. That's what yeah, it is. Exactly. Give him a little cave to go down into. He'll be happy. Exactly. <laughs> And if you're mm. lucky, you hit groundwater. But at the same time, it worked out. I mean, <laughs> I mean, they knew what they were doing. I guess <laughs> you can't you can't knock him. He made it. Like, yeah. He made it to adulthood. What he did with adulthood was his own choices. <laughs> exactly. And, so. he, and he did get to live it up, like in a retirement community where it's mm-hmm. some dry living, where I'm sure they weren't giving him booze and cigarettes. Yeah, yeah. From everything that I I, I read, he was very very well cared for. So he's you would always very hope. loved. Yeah. You would always hope, because there's like, there's no way that bear's ever going back to the wild. No. He likes, no. He, it, he knows and likes people. He's more used to people than not. Exactly. Like, he's yeah. not going back into the Could wild. You, just a mental image, though. Like, you're sitting in the forest, you're camping with your friends, and all of a sudden this bear just charges out in at you. In a Polish uniform. <laughs> Like, sits down next to you and stares at you. Yeah, you're drinking a beer and it's, yeah. like, pawing for the beer. You're like, ah. You just go ahead and give him it, like... Exactly. You would not argue. Dude, dude, get him another. Get him another. Put this on YouTube. <laughs> you would be famous tomorrow. Exactly, right? Oh, oh that God. video would go crazy. The one that, like, gets me is the, um... Oh, Ozzy Man did a great like voiceover on it, which was hilarious. But the wildcat, that hiker was walking along a trail, and yeah, uh, wildcat came out and started swiping at him. Mm-hmm. And she chased him a while, like made him go back quite a ways. And I think she had cubs around, and that's uh-huh. all it was. Is she just wanted to get him away from her cubs. But yeah, every time the cat would like swipe, he would go Hadouken. <laughs> <laughs> Every nerd was like, hey, yay! <laughs> everybody has their word of power, bro. Exactly. I get it. For some it's Kamehameha, for others it's Hadouken. So. Yeah, you got you got you got your word of power, man. Yep. I understand. I love it though. Like it was a funny video. I would have 
shit myself in that situation, so... Yeah. Blessed be we gamer nerds. We finally yep. do explore the outdoors for real, and it's like, oh shit, I don't have that many hit points. Exactly. <laughs> this lion's too high a level for me. I am not equipped. So this boss is overpowered, I'm fucked. <laughs> Where's the old guy in the cave that's supposed to give me the sword? Oh, God. Well, shit. <coughs> when I was walking up to your house, I told you guys that I think I missed a major side quest in my life. Yeah, I wouldn't have blamed you. Uh, I was walking up and this cat, like, runs past me, stops and stares at me. And then proceeds to walk a few feet, turns, stops, and stares at me again, and then keeps doing this like I'm supposed to follow it. And I'm like, no, I'm sorry, man. I'll, I get distracted by the side quest too much. I gotta go in and do the main quest. Yeah, that's why Skyrim <laughs> took me 62 oh, years on the first run. Yeah, I, I don't think I've ever successfully finished Skyrim. Because I, I can't get past doing everything fucking else. In fact, like I've had I had that trouble with The Witcher. With uh, The Witcher 3 specifically, and yeah, it's an issue. Oh, I have ones where I I have, uh, and I don't play it anymore, I've passed it on to my son completely. Mm. I just gave him all of the old, like the several characters or whatever, and I'm sure they're all gone by now, but like, oh, I had had like a couple that, no, I didn't even progress the storyline, the actual storyline at all. Like, no, I'm just going to go live a whole other life. Bye. One of my favorite little skits that I saw, and I, I can't, I don't know who it is, so I can't give them credit, but um, they were acting like the soldiers from Skyrim, mm-hmm. and, like, you were right in front, uh, you know, he was right in front of him, and then he still, like, ran around their backyard and, like, dumped, like jumped in the pool, jumped out of the pool, and then ran back to fight you in that ridiculous fucking pattern that they sometimes do. Yep. It was hilarious. I'm like, oh, God, yeah. Uh yeah, that game. I'm so glad. Now I've I've traded that in for like the 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 super adult version of mm-hmm. that where like I don't even want to say it out loud because, you know, uh I play Star Citizen now, which is just <laughs> Skyrim times a million. Yeah, you've been showing me that and it looks really cool. I don't know what I'm in. I don't know I don't know what I just bought into, but I I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if I just bought my new crack or I just threw some money you away, but we'll find out. Did. <laughs> I I don't yeah. You've either... already been having quite a bit of fun with it, so I would say <laughs> The constant looming specter of death in that game. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. But anyway. Yeah, I'm more of a, a Dragon Age and Mass Effect, and I've been waiting forever for the Dragon, the new Dragon Age to come out. So it's it keeps getting pushed back because a, a lot of things keep happening. They keep losing staff, and I'm like, God, please just don't let it be awful. <laughs> I'm so afraid it's gonna suck, and I don't want it to because I love it so much, but. We'll find out, I guess. I'm still going to fucking buy it. So. Right. <laughs> oh, God. Nah, I've been enjoying my VR games recently. I, I, I've thought about trying it. I'm just worried that I'll get motion sickness really bad. Well, look, I'll tell you this much, man. It's totally individual to you mm-hmm. and to each and every game. Because there yeah. are games that I've played with my friends that it makes none of us sick. Mm-hmm. I've played games where it makes a one or a couple. And I've mm-hmm. played games where it damn near killed us. Um, yeah. But, like... My friend who plays all of the time, he has a YouTube channel, Almighty mm-hmm. Dreesus. Just shout him out. Hey, buddy. Um, I I have a driving setup, a whole pedal and wheels set, force feedback, you know, the mm-hmm. full nine. And he, in VR, 
cannot do it, or at least yeah. to this moment can't. It just it may it you get this when you feel it you get mm-hmm. sick and you turn gray. Yeah, and no, you I, just I'm get aware. nauseous. But that's the thing. I can play it forever and ever and ever. Amen. I could have. Mm-hmm. I could be in the headset like, and I wish I had this kind of time, but all day. Yeah. <laughs> um, for me, it's also the like I played Dishonored, and yeah. I was really excited about the game. I loved steampunk. I loved. Oh all yeah, of that. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, and that was a gorgeous theme too. Yeah. I could not play it. Really. It made me violently ill. The like. Like the I, teleporting. Uh, just the movement. Uh, just the, I bet playing you to be... the game itself, the yeah, the swing. Did you ever try? Like did you ever look into the options for the like? There's, yeah. I, I believe there we was. We tried to adjusting it. it, but every time I did, I would get a massive migraine, and I Weird. would feel nauseous. The yeah. first time I did it, I got a migraine and I threw up. Yeah. And I'm like, cool. <laughs> well, that was the need. Yeah, and I felt bad because Scotty got it for me as a gift because he mm. knew how much I love all that stuff. And yeah. And we're like, cool, this is going to be our next big game. And he could play it, but yeah. I couldn't. Lol. Yeah. So I think you would like uh, like the 3D paint programs and stuff they have. the Or the, like the graffiti program yes. that I have. I think oh, you would love I, those. I want that so bad. I want in that so bad. Well, that and those are so low impact. Like, you don't get sick. Yeah. There's not. There's no mode. Like, you're not moving fast. You're not doing everything's at your leisure. You're staring at a constant surface type thing. Mm. And oh, I, I love I love the 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 um, graffiti one. I yeah. love. I'm trash, trash, super trash. But it is so much fun to me to just be like, "This is a cool brick wall." Yeah, and just I would have fun with that too. I love graffiti. I love graffiti art, mm-hmm. and we live around a lot of trains, a lot of train tracks, and it's one of my favorite things to do to to sit and watch like the mm-hmm. trains go by with. The gorgeous graffiti on them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is one of the highlights of living in, in one of the largest train yards in, or, or around one of the largest train yards in North America. Yeah, yeah, it is. You see, it's so really many. neat. You see, yeah, you see some great artwork. It's cool sometimes to just video it, and then that way you can like slow it down and mm. really see and really it's, appreciate. Like, there's so uh, much raw fucking talent out there. Oh, it's my favorite thing about going to Detroit. Like, I yeah. stop and see the same piece. Mm-hmm. Every time on my way up to Detroit. Do you? Yep. There, I've showed Amanda. Uh, I've showed two or three friends that have gone with me. Mm-hmm. But it, I, I, God, I hope it's there forever and ever. I hope they preserve it. But it's a giant clockwork griffin. That mm-hmm. is the, the, it's probably a 10-story, 8-story building, something like that. Nice. And it is top to bottom, wall to wall. And it, there, so it's, it's recessed between two other buildings mm-hmm. so the only t- you see it kind of above the other two outcroppings mm-hmm. as you approach it but you come you're on the highway and then you see it and it's Ugh. it's clear for only a few seconds That's and it is awesome, fucking beautiful it's intricate it's enormous oh I it's love, one of my favorite I pieces love ever graffiti art i so, but I think we kind of had to. Like, growing up around here, it was really hard not to run into it and love it. And participate in it. <laughs> I actually never got to. I always wanted to, but I never did. Yeah, I'm not saying I did anything pro- prolific or worth mention, but I may or may not have tagged, tagged some cra- things, stuff yeah. crappy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Now, yeah. I always I was always fascinated by it. Eventually, I do want to try it. Um, you want to yeah, try raising a bear it. sometime? No. No, I don't. <laughs> Nope. 
I'm gold, thanks. That's, me, uh, me neither. It, yeah, I know. I'm glad it worked out for them, and I'm glad that, like that bear, that some horrible fate didn't ha- befall it. No soldiers kind of you know adopted it. But man, yeah, I don't think that's something I want to do. I've had enough time with a small forty pound dog. Right, exactly. Like same with life. She's very, very sweet, very good dog. But yeah, she's hard enough to raise that with the kids and then the husband. So <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine telling your eventually 1,100-pound black bear, no. Yeah, no. <laughs> no. Uh, what do you want? Here it is. I don't give a shit. Yeah. <laughs> oh, can't. Yeah, no. Maybe no. just get stock in a honey company. and. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Just buy it all up. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, thank you, everybody, for joining us once again. We really appreciate you being here. Welcome new listeners. Welcome back to old listeners. We love y'all. And uh, again, as always, thank you to the Paranormal Podcasting community for um, accepting us, welcoming us in, and supporting us. We really appreciate it. And uh, yeah, just you find us on social media, uh, Instagram at the Wicked Side, and then Wicked Myth on Facebook. That is never going to change. That's canon now. So, <laughs> lore. <laughs> it's, it's lore. We have lore. <laughs> I love it. (laughs) All right, everybody. Like we said, thank you so much for being here. We hope you enjoyed today's episode, and we'll see you on the other side. See ya.